Hi, and welcome to another episode of Conversation with a Chef. I'm Jo Ritty, and I love sharing with you the conversations I get to have with talented and passionate chefs. It's the backstory, if you will, to the food they're putting up. I begin today by acknowledging the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional custodians of the lands and airwaves where this conversation takes place, land which was never ceded, land where communities came together to eat seasonally, locally and without exhausting resources. I pay my respects to their elders past, present and rising. This week I've been talking to Adrian Richardson at La Luna Bistro in Carlton. When I went in, it was a rainy Saturday afternoon when a wedding lunch was winding up in the downstairs dining room and the staff were prepping for evening service. Long-standing restaurant manager Linda thrust a glass of wine into my hand and Adrian and I went for a tour of the cool room where they dry age all the meat. I don't think I've seen so much meat in one place ever. But of course that is what La Luna is known for and for good reason. And when you have a dedicated butcher on staff for 16 years, Angelo Marchetti, you know a restaurant is serious about its meat. We then climbed the narrow stairs to the second floor where the salami, lardo and prosciutto hangs and went in to sit in the office as the printer churned out the menus for the night. Photos hang on the wall of Adrian at various stages of his career and of his grandfather, also a chef, who graduated in 1936 from Westminster College in London and was the founding chef of Balzac, the iconic restaurant in Melbourne owned by Merca and George Mora. There was so much to talk to Adrian about. La Luna's about to celebrate its 25-year anniversary, no mean feat with all that's happened in recent years, and even right at opening when the 1998 Victorian gas crisis happened and La Luna had only been open a few weeks, Adrian had to cook using a barbecue to keep the restaurant going. Then there was that C-word time we don't like to mention when the restaurant was closed virtually for two years. But even that marked a turning point for Adrian when he realised he didn't need to and didn't want to work all the hours he was working. Having said that, he had just arrived back from Brisbane on the afternoon that I was talking to him, where he co-owns a restaurant and he has all sorts of projects and collaborations and events that he does. Then there's his TV career, Ready Steady Cook in the 90s, Boys Weekend, Good Chef, Bad Chef, and he's appeared on Iron Chef USA. It's clear that Adrian lives and breathes food and hospitality, and it was such a pleasure to talk to him. I would have liked to have included the audio of my tour of the meat and small goods, but there was a lot going on, a lot of background noise, so you just have to imagine my awe and wonder and me saying, oh wow, it's amazing, a lot of times. <laughs> and then also imagine us traipsing up the stairs and speaking to all sorts of people on the way, because the staff love Adrian and people work there on and off over the years. He's had lots of staff members who've worked there for years and years and, and people come back. <laughs> Uh, and as I said, we were in the office with the printer, and so when you're listening to this, you will feel very much part of that, um, but that's only really for the first few minutes. And then we settle in for a great chat, so it's quite a long chat. Probably wanna maybe make yourself a coffee or pour yourself a glass of wine and join me in this. And because I wanted, well, actually, I heard you um, on Triple R speaking to Cam, and um, and that was such a great chat. You obviously go way back with him, do you? Just yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and I've done enough radio to know that um, to, to hit him hard. Like he, he yeah. like he likes to. He's, he's he's a pretty sort of 
energetic guy, so I, I come straight into him and we do it yeah, together. Yeah. It's, it's great. Yes, it's good. <laughs> it's really good and, and good to know that, yeah, that you're a supporter of community radio. It's always good. Yeah, always, always have. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Um, But so you're just saying that um, so Linda's been with you for 22 years. Yeah, 23. 23. Yeah. And, this, and La Luna's been going for 25 years. Yeah, yeah. I just find that so impressive in this climate where, you know, restaurants open and close and, you know, like, congratulations <laughs> and happy birthday. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I'm 25 again. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's been great. I've really, I've really enjoyed it. It's, this place has been, um, I've been able to do what I want. I've been able to do the style of food and work with the people that I enjoy working with and, um, yeah, just, this, that's where I wanted to go, and, um, and it seems to have worked really well. Um, but I think when I first started, there was a lot of the uh, Britpack, uh, fancy, fluffy uh, type of food, and I, I just didn't really get that at all. You know, for me, it's about meat and stuff that's put together. Are you yeah. recording it? Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Look at yeah. the background. Oh, yeah, fantastic. I know. Oh, oh, well, you know. So we're in the office. There's the, printing for the menu <laughs> going printing. on. Oh, it's Saturday action, night. Action-packed. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I've really enjoyed it, uh, enjoyed being able to do this and it's allowed me to do so many other things, yeah. get into the media and um, I've really enjoyed that part of it as well and um, it's been a lot of fun. Um, so, I was going to say, so, so little Adrian or young Adrian when he opened this restaurant, did you imagine that you would still be here 25 years on? There he is there yeah, and that's him when he opened up. Um, look, look, I, I'm... I'm I, at the age of, uh, you know, I always at the age of 18 when I started my apprenticeship, I always knew that I wanted to go into business for myself. So I, you know, did everything I possibly could to to learn as much as I could. So when I started, I had some skills behind me. Um, look, did I think I'd be here in 25 years? I don't know. Um, I just really wanted to give it a go and make it work. I, I, I'm I'm shocking. If I start something, I've got to do it. I've got to finish it. I've got to be good at it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I'm I'm horrible with that stuff. I, I will not let go until I until I make it work. So. And and what do you reckon it is that does? I mean, it's, it's kind of a stupid question. It's a really great restaurant, but what what do, what does make it work and what does make it last? Um, you know what it is. It's the people. Yeah. The people that I work with here, and there's some long-term people, you know, Linda, Lauren, Angelo, um, you know, some of the staff that keep on coming back. Uh, you know, we spoke to a, a guy outside. He's been working off and on for four years, you know, we just call him back. He's lovely. Mm. And he loves coming, every time we call him, he comes back. So, um, you know, I, I find it's the people um, that, that are around me that make it really enjoyable and, and exciting. You know, if I come in and I'm not, not feeling that great, I've got the two girls here that will slap me around the head and shut up, here's a coffee, you know, get on with it, you know. So we, we all sort of work together and I find that's the exciting part. That keeps me interested. That's the challenging part um, and I love that. Mm. Yeah. And I guess it's the, the locals and all the... The following that you have as well, I heard you say um, to Cam that you know that people come back several times a week sometimes, that like people love it, and I think it's yeah. pretty amazing. To yeah, yeah I, I think um, when you open a restaurant, there's a couple of ways of thinking about it. As a chef, uh, the tendency would be, you know, I'm a great chef, I'm going to show you how amazing I am and all the beautiful food and I'm going to teach you, the customer, how to eat and dine. That's one way of doing it where I sort of come from a different way. Um, I sort of think, well, what do you want? What, 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 what do I think people would want to eat? And, and I sort of um, design a place around me being the customer. What, what do I want? Mm. You know, the style of food, the style of service, um, the price point, all of these things coming together is the way I would think about it. And then 
you know, being a, a chef of, you know, 35 years and, and, and generations beforehand, I'm a very skills-based chef, so I like to make everything. And, you know, everything's made on the premises, that's what we do. And I think it sort of comes together, you know. If I come to a restaurant and I'm buying, you know, some prosciutto, yeah, it's nice if I get it from overseas in, in Italy, but I can get that in any, any other restaurant around here. Yeah. The prosciutto that you saw hanging outside my office here, there's only one place in the world you can get that. That is made here. It's, it's cured and air-dried here, sliced and put on a plate. The only place in the world you can get that. Unless I take a leg with me and slice it somewhere else, that's it. To me, that's quite important. I'm not buying food in and fluffing it up. Um, I'm you know, giving you what, what we make, um, you know, warts and all. And, and so I was thinking it's interesting, you know, obviously you've got a book called Meat, and, mm. um, and there's a lot of meat here. And in this day and age, you know, a lot of people are on about eating less meat and more vegetables, but, yep. but it's still... It still works, doesn't it? This what you're doing because you're doing good quality. Um, yeah. I, well, well on, on that point, we should eat less meat. Yeah. Definitely, meat's a very easy thing to get, and you get once we start eating meat um, and demanding cheaper meat, we start going into the factory farming, and that's another thing altogether. For me, um, I buy really good stuff. I pay top dollar for it. We do the right thing to it and we charge you top dollar for it. Mm. You know, for me, that's where we, we want to go. Um, we should eat less meat, pay more for better quality meat um, and eat more vegetables. I mean, yeah. it's healthy, you know. I mean, yeah. to me, that's really important. Um, but, you know, I, I think we sort of go down a line where it's just, it's just easy to put a piece of chicken on or whatever and cook it, um, whereas vegetables take a little bit more thought. So, um, yeah, I think if the more people learn to cook and enjoy vegetables, the better they are, they're going to be. And then come here for a great steak. I'll look after yeah. the steak. I'll look, I'll look after all the beautiful things. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that's the way I, I think it should be. I don't eat a lot of meat. <laughs> I don't. I taste a lot of meat. Yeah. And, you know, but, but really, if, um, if I eat a little bit of wagyu or too much, I can't eat it. I love, I love a piece of fish. Mm. I love a salad, you know, or a soup or something. It's, that's me. Yeah, wow. Or pasta. Pasta's my love. Yeah. 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 Do you make pasta? All the pasta's made here on the premises. I have an Italian background. Um, my mother's Italian, and okay. I grew up in an Italian family. So even though I don't look it, uh, pasta is one of my favourite things. There's always two or three different pasta dishes handmade yeah. on the premises at any time. Um, if you come back to my house, I'll make, you know, we go, you know, 10 o'clock at night, we get home from work, um, have a glass of wine, you sit down on the, on the counter over there, and I'll make assassin's pasta or something, you know. I'll, that's, it's one of the dishes I'll, you know, I'll make... Yeah, you know, tell me about that. What, what is a sesame pasta? It's a dish I've actually been, uh, came across it a while ago, but I have to practice things a lot, so I've been making it a lot. Uh, basically, it's, um, it's, if you can imagine, uh, dried spaghetti. Um, you've got a handful of that, and then in a non-stick fry pan or a cast-line fry pan, you'll have some olive oil, crushed garlic, and some chilli, and you might add some capers, anchovy, any of those sorts of things. Fry them off till they're golden. Put the spaghetti in, rock hard, straight from the packet, straight in. And in a jug, you'll have some water with some um, tomato paste or some tomato passata, about 10% of that. So you've got the, the blood red color of the liquid um, and you add that to the spaghetti and just keep moving it around with tongs so it doesn't stick together and it softens up and then it starts to fry and you add more liquid to it and it goes crispy and uh, you, know, you, you, you sort of keep going. It's a lovely dish to cook. It's very interactive, yeah. Um, and you're sort of playing around with it. You, you know how crispy do you like it? Um, I, I love it. It's um, it's a lovely dish. Very simple. Okay. It's like a an old school 
um, you know, one pan, uh, fun sort of dish, and I love that 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 sort of thing. So it's assassin's pasta. Nice, and assassin's yeah. because the liquid that you add is coloured red with oh. the tomato passata or the paste. So it's the blood of the person you've just killed. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it comes from. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not yeah. Assassins aren't making. Oh, maybe they are making it with, well, with yeah, the blood. Yeah. Just, <laughs> they, you know, they just knock someone. It's like we just we just shot two people. It's like, oh, yeah, let's, so let's, let's get some pasta. Yeah. <laughs> you can imagine yeah, nice. that. <laughs> yeah. And um, but then I read the two that you thought you might become a pilot. Yes. Um, uh, when I was 16, I, I was put up a year at school. So um, well, my brother and I were 11 months apart. And um, so my mother forged my birth certificate uh, and put me up a year, which was a great idea at the time. Um, however, I always struggled at school. I was always that year younger. And it makes a difference, I think. Mm. Um, and so I always struggled. And then, you know, I went to a really good grammar school. And, and then at the age of probably 16 and a half, uh, halfway through year 11, um, my services were no longer required. So um, I'm, I'm at home, uh, I'm at home, uh, no school, and dad, dad was an airline pilot, so yeah, had a bit of time off. So um, I'd always loved flying. He said, you know, do you want to start some flying lessons? So yeah, so I started flying lessons. And at 16, I, I was doing my first, doing my solos. I was flying wow. uh, by myself in a plane, uh, doing circuits and things. So, um, and dad said, look, you got to, you know, get a job, get a job, pay for your lessons. So I did, I got a job in a kitchen, paid for my lessons and, you know, I really fell in love with the kitchen. You know, got a job in a in a restaurant, and that guy. I'm still friends with that guy. Uh, he's a, you know older Italian guy, beautiful man. Um, and you know, so I I suddenly fall in love with the kitchen, um, and less with the flying. So I went back to school, did my year eleven again, repeated in the right year that I should have been. Did year twelve, and then to the horror of everyone, friends, family, teachers, everyone, I started my apprenticeship as a chef. And in those days, it wasn't it wasn't like it is now, where you're on TV and everything's fabulous. It was you know, grinding it out in a you know sweaty hot kitchen with you know uh, crazy chefs screaming, yelling, and, and doing stuff. But uh, but it, I, I belong there. It, there's no other place for me. I was going to say, what is it that you that you loved and still love about it? I love the creative side of it. You can be quite creative. I love food and always have been. So just everything is about food for me. I love the discipline discipline and the organisation. Um, kitchens can be very disciplined, organised societies. Uh, there's a hierarchy. If you're good and you, if, if you do have a good day and, and you, you, know, you achieve a lot of things, you get a pat on the back. If you stuff up, you know, you get a clip around the ears. You know, it's very, very regimented and organised. And I like that. Um, you know, I like that self-discipline for myself, but I love that, that thing and I love the, the camaraderie, I love the service, you know. It doesn't matter how good you are or, you know, whatever whatever it is, at six o'clock when punters walk in that door, if you're not ready and you can't deliver, mm. you're gone. Mm. Go, go do something else. But that, that, that adrenaline, that intenseness of the service where you have to be focused and you have to be right, everything has to come out right. To me, I love that. That adrenaline, that sort of, um, it's like a sport, um, blood yeah. sport to me, yeah. I've just watched, I just binged two seasons of The Beer. Um, I, 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 everyone's telling me about it. I've got to watch it, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, season two is yeah. just sublime. It's so cinematic and amazing, but there mm. is just this, there's a lot of really anxiety-inducing moments while watching it because of, the, you know, he's under pressure and all these things. There's a moment when all the dockets are just flying out oh, of the machine. Just... I've seen them where they come out of the docket machine and they spool around yeah. and they hit the floor. And it's like, it's like you have those nights when big kids are like, we're in the shit! It's just, you know? Yeah. But, but to me, it's like, okay, we're going to get out of this. It's not like anyone's going to die. 
Mm. You know, you just you can panic and you can go crazy, or I'm I'm quite organised and I can bring it, you know, in and focus. It's like we're going to be fine, guys. You know, let's just do this. You break it into blocks. You do this, you do this, and you work through it slowly. And you tell the front of house guy, um, pull out the magazine trolley. It's going to take a while. Um, <laughs> pour some drinks for them. It's all going to come out, you know, and, and you work with them. I love that type of thing. But yeah. It is a, it is anxiety, you know. Yeah. People watching it. Um, I just, yeah. I, I just so always, well, obviously I love talking to chefs because I've got a podcast called that. But, um, yeah. but um, I just don't even, I, I'm always so in awe of how you juggle all those things like I like cooking but then when you're doing it in this large scale all different timings I just find it so incredible <laughs> yeah timing is really important you need to know how to how to work that stuff but if you've been doing it for long enough and if, if you've had a good uh sort of background from any, anything from uh, doing functions of, of you know 2,000 people to, 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 to five people yeah if you can do everything in between and then all you know big kitchens small kitchens with chefs I always say you got to work in lots of different places yeah. all of these different places so that when you get to a stage where you're starting to take control it's easy to put it together yeah. um, I find a lot of chefs just work in restaurants food's great and that's all they learn but you know we're doing a function for 200 people it's like how, how do we how do we do this um, sure yeah, yeah. but, but uh, that's, the, that's the fun part yeah but, but we can teach you that it's not hard yeah you know it's not, yeah. if, if I can do it anyone can do it no, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and then where does TV fit into it? Like, how did you, how did that even come about? I, I um, started getting a lot of attention when I first opened this place, um, you know, just to do uh, uh, interviews and, and those sorts of things. And then I was asked to do, you know, little commercials and things. So um, it sort of picked up from there. And then I, um, uh, there was a young lady, Justine May, who's an agent just for chefs. So she runs uh, Talent Inc. or Chefs Inc. in those days. So she runs, she uh, is the agent for a lot. Everyone you see on TV, she's their agent. So she's fantastic. So, um, you know, I started doing little little gigs here and there, then Ready, Steady, Cook, and then we did Boys Weekend and uh, Good Chef, Bad Chef. And then, you know, I teamed up with two other guys and we produced uh, Secret Meat Business ourselves and uh, and then Richo's Bar Snacks, which was a lot of fun doing that. So producing was, it was incredible how we, how we put all that together. But... Um, yeah, I just love it. I love the performance side of it and I love the teaching side of it and I really in, in, enjoy making it. Um, when we do it, they're small teams. There's like a camera, two cameramen, three cameramen, you know, sound guy, you know, director, producer and maybe one other food guy. Very tight team and you're doing, you know, six, eight, 12 week blocks um, and it's, it's, you really connect with them all and it's great. Um, and to me, making TV is a very very intimate thing with these people what, what, what goes stays in the studio um, and then you, you come out of the studio and oh we love watching you on the, I, don't, I don't get that I, I don't see that side of it well yeah. I was going to ask you because you, you're very personable on the screen and I feel like you it's almost like you're making eye contact with the viewer mm. did you have to learn are you imagining people watching you or you're just are you just doing it to the camera like how what what does go through your head? Uh, early on, um, like I made, I, I learned the hard way with a lot of this stuff. Um, I was nervous talking to people, nervous in front of a camera. But I would pick up any two bit, you know, job for nothing. Um, you know, if you gave me a packet of cigarettes, I'd, I'd, I'd do like a, anything just just to do it and learn it. Um, I like to learn things. I have to break it apart and have to master things and then I can move on. Mm-hmm. So unless I master it, it's very difficult for me to stop. I have to keep doing it again and again. Um, so the, with the TV, I, I, I would listen to directors. And they would give me tips and we would do stuff. 
uh, that they would you know try this, try that. Um, but you just have to do it. Some people have it, some people don't. I'm very lucky. Mm. I, I can, I can stand up in front of people and perform. It's not easy. You've got to learn it, and you've got to practice it, and you've got to know what you're doing before you step up there. But with TV, it's um, yeah, you, you sort of you get on the screen and you see a black dot, and you know you can see them. The the the, the mirror is like a, a changing focus and stuff. That is very very intimidating to a lot of people. I don't mind. Yeah, it's easy for me. In fact, I'm also looking. If I know the camera crew, just off centre is the cameraman that I'm looking at sometimes. Mm. And my job is to make him freaking laugh. Yeah. If I can make him laugh because I'm looking at him or the, the, down the barrel, um, that's what I'm doing, you know. Yeah. But you, re- you learn pretty quickly you've got to be eyes on the camera. Eyes on the camera is I'm including you. I'm looking at you. Mm. And I'm in your house looking at you. Mm. And you can see the, the ones that are just starting. They're always looking down. They're always looking around. You've got to be looking at the camera. I look at you because we're having a conversation and back there. Yeah. And you've got to keep coming back and, you know, doing, doing that thing. How did you learn it? Um, learned it by doing a lot of it. Yeah. Good Chef, Bad Chef, uh, 65, 65 episodes by 13 years. So, wow. so 800 or something episodes wow. and then everything else as well. And that's the other thing. You've got to keep up that um, freshness too, don't you? And like, you know, and the, the energy and so on, like... Every episode might be the first episode someone watches, so I guess, you know... That's the performance side? Yeah. Okay. So, so to do that, um, I'm very low-key and calm. Um, mm. I have an office in the studio, so I'm very quiet. I keep the office dark, um, and I don't do a lot. Um, and then we go into the kitchen, into the studio. I set everything up. I work with the producer. It's all there, ready to go, go through it all. Camera um, B-cam will do all the pickups. So you go through all the pickups and show them the order that you're going to do things. And then um, as soon as the camera goes on, we're going to cook some lovely spaghetti carbonara. I've got some great bacon. I've got some free-range eggs. I've got some cream. Not everyone likes to put cream in the carbonara and some parmesan. And that's you sort of lift for that sort of thing. And then you can bring it down again. So if, you, if you're able to control your energy level, then you're able to, to deliver when you need to yeah. without, um, without burning all your energy off. So I keep very calm like this. And then when you need to lift for it, you've yeah. got the energy. Is it scripted or are you... No. I struggle with scripts and I struggle with reading things. Um, I would do a lot of commercials uh, in the States. I was flying over to do commercials for um, Outback Steakhouse, actually. That was, that was a lot of fun. So um, they didn't even bother. They, from the start, they, did, they, knew, they knew me. They, they, I don't do scripts. So what they would do is have a prompter there. I'd memorise the, the lines or the paragraph, whatever it is. I'd memorise it and then deliver it. Mm. and then um, over and over and over again and then as soon as you move on to the next thing I wouldn't even know what that is it's, it's gone but with what with the sort of thing that I do you have little tricks of you know I have 10 ingredients there that I'm going to put into a pan and cook I can say something about every single one of those things yeah. whether it makes the cut or not it doesn't matter but you've got something to say about every single one of those things and move on and if you've got that you can keep talking and you can keep the energy up, it, it works. But um, I'm quite meticulous with setting up and what I'm doing. And once you've got that set up, um, then you can then you can have fun. Cook something. I love cooking. Yeah. If, if you came to my house and we were cooking assassin's pasta or something, you know, we'd be having a great time. And Adrian, what's yeah. that? Oh, this is this. And, we, we, you know, it's almost a performance at home. I would do that normally. Yeah. Um, I love that part of it. Um, yeah. I was just thinking when you were saying that, I guess it's an age-old performance um, skill or um, I just lost the word that I was going to use 
I mean, that's what they used to do, the troubadours riding around the countryside telling their stories. They had like their little, the little things that they had in place to insert to keep the story going and to remember it to, so it would last a whole evening. I guess, yep. yeah, I suppose we've always done that. It's, it is a bit storytelling, isn't it? You're, story yeah. t- you're story, telling stories about the food. Yeah, <laughs> well, if you know your topic, if you know your topic, um, you can go on, on a journey. I'm, I mean, I've, I've given uh, our uh, talks on my, you know, my career and, and where it's gone and how it started and where I've gone to and then there might be, you know, might be for the Angus Society Breeders of Australia. So I've got the other bit I'll bolt on at the end, which is about the beef cattle. So they'll ask me to do this part and then, you know, talk about how, what this relates to, to, to the beef. So I memorise that 45-minute talk. Wow. I write it. Uh, I take meticulous notebooks everywhere. I write it. I memorise it. Um, you know, and I'll sometimes actually do a, do a talk with the notebook in my hand. If if you if you find if you go through stuff, you'll see stuff on YouTube. What's that like book he's got in his hand? That's the notebook. That's because I have it all here. So my my thing is, all the information's here. You know it. You know it, Adrian. Deliver it, um, and then off you go. So um, that's how I do it. And if I memorise it, then I go for it. You know, um, and you can always if you keep your keep your delivery paste and 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 flowing you, if you miss something and you remember later on you can go back and and oh I forgot to tell you something you know when I was a when I was a young lad uh, this is what I would do and you know and then you can bring the stories together because it's yeah. all it's all here in your head wow. and if you have that confidence you, you can do it yeah um, we're getting it I've never answered questions like this before this is quite interesting oh really yeah, yeah the, 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 I've done different things but these are very interesting questions oh um, good yeah, that's, um, <laughs> yeah, it makes me happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what was I going to just ask you now? You've thrown me now, though. I can't to, I want to edit this bit out. Um, <laughs> oh, I was going to say, do you, do you write in your notebook your ideas for food as well? Do you still, do you, or is it all in your head now and it just needs, it's got different... What specifically do you mean? So if you're coming up with, do you... Do you have ideas for new dishes, for example, or things you want to put, have on the menu? Do you write them down, or a couple of ways I do it? Yeah. One is I, I'm very visual, so I can I go through uh, social media. I see a lot of stuff. I follow a lot of people that I really like their mm. what they do. So I'll pick up stuff, stuff, snapshot it, uh, screenshot it, and then save it and go back to it later on. Um, you know, stuff I'll see on the computer, Pinterest, those sorts of things. I'll research stuff there. YouTube, if I want to um, work on techniques and watch people producing something, I'll, I'll use that. Not so much books anymore. I used to do yeah. heaps of books. Um, I used to do a lot of that. I don't so much anymore. I'm quite visual. Um, when I, I go out to a lot of restaurants at the moment, I've got a few restaurants you know, around the place, so I eat out a lot. Um, and you know, if, if I like something, I take a photo. I usually take a photo of everything, and I keep all the menus that, uh, for just, just for reference. Um, and then if I like things, I can go back and pull things in and out that I want to do. Um, you know, sometimes there's some great stuff and sometimes there's some absolute fucking crap. And recently I was in Brisbane and, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a style of food that's getting around. Everyone's doing it. It's, you know, you can see menus are very similar um, and some people are really good at it. Um, and this one I had on Tuesday, Wednesday night was terrible. Oh. It was, it was the person I was with was, you know, like a regular, doesn't work in kitchens. And they said, it's just, this is really average. Um, and that's, you know, that's disappointing, but I, I got, got notes and I picked up all the things they did wrong. 
and I picked up the thing, the reasons why they did. You know, what an example would be the veal, uh, crumbed veal chop that they had. They left it thick. Mm. What you should do is hammer it out so it's quite even and thin, and then fry it. They cooked it in clarified butter, which was great for the first side, but when they turned it over, all the crusty bits of, um, of uh, breadcrumb were on the bottom. First, first thing I do when it hits the table, I turn the thing over. Yeah. Having having, I know this is gonna. If 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 there's gonna be a violation, it's the first one I look for. So I saw that, and then it was just you know, and the chop they had, they, they used from the top end here, which is up near the chuck, you know, so the around the bone was tough and chewy. But these are things that I, you know, I'll I'll register and write down and take a photo of. And I, when I came in, I spoke to Alex, who's my head chef here. We talked about it. Oh, you know, we're doing the veal chop for this other thing. I had a really shit one. And this is why it was shit. And, oh, yeah, yeah. So that that's really important. Good stuff is great, but also mistakes are really important as well. And if I see other people's mistakes, I learn from their mistakes. That's yeah. really important. So, um, And can you still be surprised by flavour or by food? Yeah, yeah. Um, I ate in a place last night, um, Essa, in uh, Brisbane. Uh, the chef there, Phil, uh, I, I like his style. It's, it's, it's simple food. Just done really well he's just got some great techniques in the way he cut things and the way he sort of put things together and um just beautifully done and you'll come across these people every now and again it's just you're a beautiful cook you really get it you understand the ingredients that you've got and you deliver them properly um and when you come across people like that it's like oh, it's really nice and so how do you, because um, I mean it's a big thing people talk about these days is well-being, um, how do you, what, how do you manage well-being, I guess of yourself and maybe of your staff, is that a thing that you have to think about now? Well I, I think um, I've, I've always worked six days a week, uh, I did, uh, it's just me, always have, um, I'm, I'm a shocker to be around if I'm not busy, if I'm not doing stuff I'm, I'm, I'm shocking, but um when we came back from um, uh, from COVID, which was, I think, an incredible time for everyone, um, but myself, I got a lot out of it. And, um, you know, when we came back, you know, we La Luna's was open six days, lunch and dinner, you know, for Tuesday to Sunday. And Linda and I were sitting down and I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. I can't do it anymore. I'm just not interested. If I'm going to go, how are we going to be able to work together for the next five to ten years? I mean, that's where we, we come to after COVID. It was like, well, what do we want to do? So... We open five nights a week and we open two lunches. I have one crew. Mm. You know, one crew that runs it. We don't work Sundays anymore. We don't work Mondays. We close for a month over over Christmas. We close for, you know, five, six days over Easter. We close public holidays now. A and month over Christmas? Yeah, yeah. Ne- nearly a month. Uh, I, I, I took a little bit more time off, but yeah. You know what? Yes. That's great. It's very French, actually. This, uh, like, enjoyment of life and um, and having holidays and taking you know and not working on Sundays and those kinds of things it's I think you know whatever we might say about the French and, and I can say this because I'm a French teacher so I love <laughs> France and French but um you know they really do know how to I mean it's, it's no mistake it's joie de vivre they know, they know how to do life yeah <laughs> yes yes it's got so, the food and the wine and you know, and, and we are the best at this. If you want to eat and drink and be merry and, and do all these things, French. Yeah. We'll show you how to do it. Absolutely. The Italians are pretty good as well, but, uh, yes, but the, French, yes. the French put the polish on it. Yeah. And put the glamour on it. Um, I, I lived in, a long time ago, but I lived in France for a year. Yeah. And um, 
I felt like I always had to sit back and watch how people ate things. There's always a way of, you know, asparagus, you don't cut it up with your knife and fork. You know, they'd make, they'd get the plate and put the fork underneath it and make like a little vinaigrette in the, the, the curve of the plate. Then they'd dip a spear in and eat it like, with their fingers and just bite into yeah. it. And I just, yeah. Every time I just would just wait, just to see how you're supposed to do things. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. Um, I mean, our basis of our cookery is French. So everything mm. we do is in French in the terminology, but um, I love it. My grandfather, um, he, when he was in the Savoy Hotel, he had to learn to speak, uh, speak, read and write in French um, so that he could uh, pass himself off as a Frenchman. The only way he could rise up through the ranks in kitchens uh, because the top level was French and everything yeah. else was just the, the rest of them. So um, they do hold... They do, you know, hold on to that uh, French, the, the cuisine and that culture, the food culture very well. Yeah, yeah I was good at it. speaking to um, Ben, uh, the head chef at Pippi's Kiosk in Albert Park, right okay. on the beach, yep. and um, and he spent a year in Paris and um, you know and didn't have any French. But luckily, he had people there who you know could um, someone who who really loved ACDC, so you know he could forge connections and things. <laughs> but then I, you know, I follow this. There's a New Zealand chef who's currently he's gone over to help a mate out doing the menu for a manoir over there, and he doesn't speak any French, and he's finding it really difficult like it's and it, it's tricky when you don't have when you can't express yourself with the people mm. that you work with you can feel a bit one-dimensional can't you I mean it's must be, it, yeah yeah uh, languages in kitchens are very difficult mm. um, and it's very common in a lot of kitchens to have uh, people from all over the world so you need to speak That's right I'm, I'm fluent in broken English <laughs> uh, but yes it would be and going overseas yeah, to another wow. country yeah. it's um it's different um, have you cooked overseas yeah yeah I lived in Canada for a year oh, yeah. um, and worked over I lived in London for a year and a bit I uh, worked over there I've done uh, work in Hong Kong Malaysia Manila oh. um, oh. Uh, Korea uh, the States as well so I've, I've been able to travel to lots of places and work uh, do things but they're like uh, glamour gigs so they fly you in yeah you look after you it's at the end it'd be nice so. that, that, that I find also impressive how chefs go, go into other people's kitchens and can just do it you know like how do how do you you know like, so you're going into an unfamiliar kitchen but then all of your knowledge just comes into play and you can just do it wherever you are that's that to me feels hard well there's there's um you know how we talked about the french french sort of uh that's the all the techniques and stuff so most of us speak that language yeah most of us understand what we're doing when we talk about certain things so and there is quite a brotherhood or sisterhood or fellowship whatever you want to call it with chefs so um if i'm going to new york i went to new york a, a while ago and i was doing a dinner um i ring the chef up we have a bit of a chat and it's just like oh man this guy's got it you know i send him the stuff yeah, no worries i've got you you know what about this ingredient here i can't get this but will this work for you yeah yeah great and then you know and then you bring it together and and his job is to make sure i'm sweet he's got it all sorted out i got you brother i got you you know and he makes me look good if he comes back to me or, you know, he needs a favour or whatever, I got him. Um, you know, I had, I've had a couple of instances where I've gone um, and done jobs and, they, you know, they're just ballsing up, you know. I've shown them, this is what I want to do. Can you do it? Yeah, yeah, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. And then you get there, it's like, man, it, why didn't you tell me? I could have, I could have done this. Mm. So I'm, I'm very choosy about the people I work with. Yeah. And sometimes you can just, yeah, this person knows it. You just, you just know. And sometimes if you feel a slightest amount of doubt, bring all your own food. Bring all your own guys. Yeah, right. Don't, don't take any, don't take any risks with it. 
Um, I even now, if I do a function, if I'm you know doing a function at Marvel Stadium or somewhere else, and it's two hundred people, I'll go and count everything. I'll mm. count everything physically. You know, you can count. It's you know, uh, it's it's two hundred people. 20 portions on a tray, you count, you know, 10 trays of it, yeah, okay, we're, we're good with it. I'll count all the plates. But just in case, the amount of times you'll... Someone, it's not their name on it. I usually have to go and give a talk in front of all these people. So if they stuff it up, I'm the one, you know, with, with egg on my face. So I just take those precautions. And usually you'll pick something up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and then they get the hang of, oh, Adrian's coming in, count everything twice. Um, but I don't trust them. Trust is good, control is better. Mm. So, you know, or trust but verify, whatever whatever it is, you, you just got to, you know, especially if your name's on the line, you just have to go that extra yard. Walking in there, fabulous, oh, you know, everything's going to be wonderful. It gets down to the last table of 20 people. Oh, we've run out of food or, you know, oh, they forgot it in the cool room. You know, you look like a tool. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that whole idea of mise en place. I spoke to Scott Pickett once about yeah, how mise en place is like a rule for life. You know, it's preparation, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And um, and once you've got everything in place, then you can go for it. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And um, yeah, you, you've got to got to be meticulous with that. You've got to have everything in place. You've got to have it all sorted up. Or if you haven't, make it look like you have. Yeah. Um, and be you know hard as nails to get it set up. Um. Yeah, Scott, Scotty's great with that. Scotty worked here for a little bit. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, I know Scotty really well. He's, a, he's, a lovely, he's an absolute freaking lunatic. Absolute lunatic, but I, I love him. He's great. He's, he's, I love him too. Like, he's yeah. always just the life and soul of the party. He's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, speaking of parties, what, what, are, what, are you, what are you doing here for the 25-year um, celebrations? They're having a big party on a Thursday night, I believe. Um, I am, I, yeah, I am shocking at pay. We, we talked about it six months ago, 12 months ago, and then we, we've got it all in place. Um, I made it very clear from the, I can't organise my own party. It's just, I can't do it. I just, not in my thing. Um, you know, oh, we've got to do it. And they were like, oh, you know, what should we do? What should we do? And I asked, if you want to do it, do it. I'll, I'll throw everything you want at it, but don't ask me to organise it or plan it. I write a menu. Yeah. I'll tell the guys what food I want. I'll ask some questions because I'll treat it like a like an event that we do. So I'll make sure certain things are done, but they've looked after it all. Um, and who's coming? Uh, lots of people. <laughs> uh, I think they've got like a uh, hundred and fifty people wow. coming. We've Beautiful. put something outside. There's um yeah. I think uh, I'll, I'll be. Sub- I haven't actually looked at the guest list. There's people I've said. Uh, you know, there's a couple of people I've, I've asked to come along. You know, like my mum. Pro tip: always invite your mum. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and there's a few other people that are um, important to me, um, but they've, they've, the, the, the guys have looked after everything, and you know? I think that's that's what I want it to be. I don't want something that I've put. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll, I'll struggle with it, and it'll, it'll never happen. So, um, but they'll do a great job of it, and I'll just get up there and and give a talk. I'll be fabulous, and then let it all happen. So, um, yeah. yeah, I think that's yeah. I I, I can organise everyone else's event, but not never my own. I don't have birthday parties. It's just, I just, it's just not my thing. I, I like to be quiet and, yeah. you know, just with, with myself and the boys and that's it, yeah. And just to finish with, because it is Saturday night, I'm sure we've got lots of other things to do. Um, you mentioned before, you know, that chefs should work in a variety of different places and situations. What, what other advice do you have for young chefs um, with all your wisdom and experience? Um, look, if you, if you really want to do that well, you need to to work hard and you need to work some extra hours you know I look at it as like university 
uh, university, you know, the kids go to university and they put in heaps of hours studying. The more extra hours, and you never get paid for it, the more hours you put in studying and studying and studying, and that might be working in different venues and with different chefs, the more of that you do, the more you build your skill base, um, the better you're gonna be. Um, move around to different venues, work for a year or two years um, in different venues until you find your feet, build up your skills, build up your ability to do everything. You might not be an expert at it, but one day you will be. Um, uniform, always pristine. Mm. Always have your uniform pristine, stand out, everything ironed. Never ever let yourself look sloppy. Knives, you're, you know, you might not be able to afford great knives, but keep them freaking sharp and keep them clean. Um, always be on time. Um, if there's any issues, speak to people straight away. There's something going on, go to your chef. If you don't get resolution from your chef, go to the manager, but you know, deal with things straight away. Um, always conduct yourself like it's your business um, and be extremely professional. Those people stand out. Um, I have you know, regular people that just, you know, they're, they're, that's what they do. But you know, every now and again, I'll get one or two of these people through, guys or girls, and uh, I see you, you're gonna be really good. Mm. You know, you work for me for two years and come here, what are you gonna do? Um, oh, I want to go work in a hotel. Which hotel do you want to work for? Oh, I thought the Hyatt was really good. I'll ring up my mate at the Hyatt and you'll go there. Um, that's, that's what we, we'll, we'll, we'll look after someone like that because they're going to stand out. Um, that's really, really important to me. Um, it's my trade. It's been my, you know, my uncles were chefs. My grandfather, his, his father was a, was a baker as well. So it goes down four generations in my family. So I take it very, very seriously. Mm. I take all of my parents' schoolwork seriously. I'll harass them if they miss a class. Yeah. I'll harass them if they're not getting um, good marks. If you work for me, you, that's what I expect. So I, I think for the young ones getting into it, if you're going to do it, be the best. Be the best and do your best at all times. And you'll come out of it doing well. If you're half-assed, well, you know, you'll be like the rest of the grunts and you'll end up doing something else. But um, very few people come through from an apprenticeship, uh, come through and continue on into their, you know, 40s or 50s or 60s. It, 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 you, people get out of the industry a, a lot. But if you're really good at it, you'll always do well, you'll make good money and you'll really enjoy it. Perfect. Thank you. Pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Conversation with a Chef with Adrian Richardson at La Luna Bistro. You can check out all the goodness on Instagram at La Luna Bistro, that's L-A-L-U-N-A-B-I-S-T-R-O, and Adrian's own account at chef underscore Adrian underscore Richardson. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more stories from other chefs, I'm on Instagram at Conversation with a Chef. You can read the chat and become a subscriber at www.conversationwithachef.com. When you become a subscriber, it really works for me because I feel, you know, red. <laughs> and uh, you get to know when new chats come up. I would also absolutely love it if you told a friend about my chats. And of course, you can follow me on Apple and Spotify podcasts. Once again, thanks for listening and have an amazing day. Bon appétit.